Welcome to Destination Lavender, a podcast all about healing and self-discovery after getting sober. My name is Guiana, and each episode I'll be sharing my personal adventures, tips, triumphs, and lessons that have helped me to better navigate and thrive in sobriety. Today is Destination Lavender's third episode called Better Sleep, Better Me. Let's get into it. All right, y'all. So I have a whole list of goodies for you today. And what I want to say before we get too far into things is there's going to be a couple things on the list that I'm going to recommend that you talk to your doctor or healthcare practitioner beforehand, just to make sure that you can try these new things um, to help yourself have better sleep, um, but that you are able to try them in a way that's going to be safe for you. Also, I am not a doctor myself, so these are all just my personal experiences of things that I've tried that have worked for me. So take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. So let's proceed. The first thing on the list is melatonin supplements. Now, melatonin is actually a natural hormone that uh, the pineal gland in our brain produces during our sleep cycles, according to healthline.com. It is sold over the counter as a supplement in the U.S., also on Amazon. (laughs) And if you happen to live in, let's say, Europe or Australia, you do have to have a prescription in order to uh, obtain your melatonin supplements. Now, according to mayoclinic.org, melatonin as a supplement can be used to help delayed sleep phase, which is when your sleep patterns are delayed by two hours. It can also help to manage your blood pressure, uh, stress levels caused by the cortisol stress hormone, and it can improve your immune function. Additionally, um, melatonin is an antioxidant, which can help improve your eye health. It can reduce seasonal depression or SAD, uh, SAD, and it can also improve the symptoms that come from acid reflux. One study in 50 people with insomnia showed that melatonin, uh, taking it at least two hours before bed, helped people to fall asleep faster and also to have an overall improved sleep quality. Another study in 68 people showed that the alterations in circadian rhythms uh, are what contribute to seasonal depression, but that taking melatonin on a daily basis will reduce those symptoms. Now, this research on melatonin supplements is inconclusive. So, you know, there's always more to uh, be discovered uh, in the research world in that way. But yeah, just just stick with stick with it and uh, run it by your doctor and and see, see if it's something that would work for you before you actually try it. Um, If you are clear to use it from your doctor, uh, it definitely says here to stick to the recommended dose. If your aim is to have better sleep, take it at least 30 minutes before bed. On the other hand, if your aim is to get on a more regular sleeping schedule like myself, it's recommended that you take it at least two hours before bed. Melatonin is not recommended for children because of the incomplete research. So just keep that in mind. Um, There are some side effects, which include drowsiness, nausea, headaches, and dizziness, just to name a few. Um, If you do take more than the recommended dose, the likelihood of those uh, side effects 
definitely increase. And there's additional additional things on the list as well, like uh, it can increase your anxiety, things of that nature. So you definitely want to stick to that recommended dose. Also, another very important reason why you want to run it by your doctor first before you try it is that the melatonin can have a reaction if you take antidepressants, blood thinners, or blood pressure medication, for example. So definitely make sure that your doctor gives you the go-ahead for that. My personal experience with uh, melatonin supplements, it was recommended to me from my doctor because I'm a, I'm a night owl. I stay up a lot past normal people hours, <laughs> uh, also because I'm a musician, so I'm up late a lot anyway. But it was recommended to uh, me uh, by my doctor to see if it could help me get to sleep. Um, and so I, in preparation also for this episode, I took it last night. It helped me to stay asleep uh, for about five or six hours. And then I had to get up to go to the bathroom because I drank water at like 10 p.m. So that's the other thing. Like even if the melatonin does its job, you want to make sure that you stop drinking fluids. I've been told like so many times in my life before and I still haven't listened is that you're supposed to stop drinking water or any kind of fluids at 6 p.m. so that you're not being woken up by your bladder in the middle of the night so just make sure that you're not sabotaging yourself uh, by having fluids past a certain time so that the melatonin supplement can uh, work well with your naturally occurring melatonin in your body and not disrupt your sleep cycle so that's the first thing melatonin number two is lavender oil in capsule form and also in essential oil form so generally both of them are safe for use in adults um the capsule is for you to ingest and the essential oil is for you to apply topically not to ingest um it's safe for adults typically but it's not safe at all for children or women who may become pregnant or who are currently pregnant so definitely stay away from it if um you have uh, keep your kids away from it and definitely stay away from it if you're expecting just to be safe um it does uh lavender oil in general in capsule form or applied topically has been shown and proven to reduce stress levels and also reduce anxiety but there's more research that needs to be done as well so it's not known whether in the long whether or not in the long term lavender oil can help people who have anxiety disorders for example but in a general sense it helps to decrease anxiety and stress um lavender oil um you can put it on your pillow uh two to three drops about i think two to three hours before bed um just, you know, give it time to air out and, and, and make sure that it's not like overwhelming and stuff when you lay down. Um, I've tried that, uh, the lavender oil on the pillow and it didn't really work super well for me. Maybe I needed to do it like, you know, on a more regular basis, but it didn't really work for me. Um, I will say the lavender oil capsules were super helpful. Um, not even just before bed, but even to take it during the day if I know I'm about to go into a situation where I'm feeling anxious, if I'm about to be in a social situation or I'm about to do some kind of work or I just have, I don't know, starting the day anxiety. <laughs> um, the lavender oil capsules definitely helped me out tremendously. Um, now, there are some side effects 
with the lavender oil capsules and also the essential oil as well uh, the essential oil can cause skin irritation so you want to be mindful for the mindful of that just pay attention uh, make sure that you're not noticing any like new rashes or irritations there um, and for ingesting it it can cause nausea vomiting headaches um, if any of that stuff were to occur um, it's recommended that you stop using it immediately and according to verywellmind.com, if you are searching for lavender oil to uh, add to your collection or to, to bring home to try for yourself after you've been cleared to use it, um, you want to make sure that you look for the label on the lavender essential oil that has the Latin name, which is Lavendula angustifolia, which is quite a mouthful. Um, but you want to make sure that's on there and you want to make sure in the ingredients on the bottle that the lavender is the only ingredient so that you'll know, um, at least be able to narrow down what the interaction will be like between the lavender oil and your body. Like make sure it doesn't have a mixture of like coconut oil or any other oils in there. Um, the other thing is that the essential oil should be in a dark amber or cobalt bottle and that you should always make sure that you store it away from sunlight. So that is number two, uh, lavender oil capsules and essential oil. Number three is before bed yoga. Now my experience with before bed yoga is that I did 10 minutes of it just in the middle of my sobriety on the early end of sobriety. I was just desperate. Like I was having nightmares. I was having a hard time getting to sleep. So I was like, all right, fine. Let me just try some, not like 30 minutes worth of yoga. Cause I was like, I don't feel like doing that right now. I want, I need something quick. It's going to get me to sleep. It's going to get me what I need. Maybe, maybe this will work. Let me try it. So I looked it up, just find a YouTube video, 10 minutes of yoga. And I felt sleepy. I felt sleepy. I felt calm. I felt relaxed. I was able to get to sleep and that's what catapulted me into my meditation journey. But that's the next one. We won't, we won't skip ahead. Uh, but before bed yoga, a national survey done by health.harvard.edu showed that over 55% of people who did yoga experienced better sleep and over 85% of people said yoga helped reduce their overall stress. Some of the poses that are known for helping to aid sleep are standing forward bend, plow pose, child pose, legs up the wall pose, corpse pose, and reclining butterfly pose. So I recommend trying that out. Um, now it's just 10 minutes before bed. So hopefully it won't be too scary or drastic of a thing for you, but it never hurts to run it by your doctor before you try it. Like just, just give it a try. If you're a relatively active person and you're used to doing like intense stuff like CrossFit, I'm not worried about you. <laughs> You'll be fine. But if you're not super active and you all of a sudden throw yourself into a new routine, even if it's relaxing and it doesn't tax the body generally too much, just, just check with your doctor. Just, just ask, send an email, do whatever you got to do. Make sure that you are taking care of yourself before you try it. All right. Um, that is number three. Number four is meditation. Um, the before bed yoga, as I mentioned, catapulted me into a world of meditation. Now I had known about meditation for years since I started, uh, trying to get sober in like 2014 at the end of 2014. But you know, I, I just 
wasn't consistent until I became desperate for a remedy to, like I said, help to quell these nightmares I was having and also just to help me to have an easier time getting to sleep. Um, so studies show that the, uh, well, that various types of meditation improve insomnia and sleep in general, but mindfulness meditation is the one that actually can really help you improve sleep, but also reduce daytime disturbance in people who have chronic insomnia and also in older adults, according to sleepfoundation.org. Um, yes. And there's so many kinds of meditations that you can do. You can do guided spoken meditations. You can do meditation music. There's people who create albums, uh, geared toward, uh, lulling you to sleep. There's people who play around with like sound bowls and chimes and things of that nature. There's, you know, there's, there's nature sounds. There's like birds and cats purring in cafes and, uh, water flowing, in, you know, waterfalls and rivers and, uh, ocean sounds. There's all types of stuff you can get into. Um, just find one that works for you. You know, every, everybody's different. Um, I really struggle with like storytelling meditations, but when like someone's trying to like tell some kind of like a story, like almost like they're reading a book to a kid, like I struggle with those types of stories, but I don't struggle with like someone telling me like, okay, now we're going to, do this breathing exercise or lay back and think about the gratitude of the day and, and lay on your back and relax your, you know, unclench your jaw. Like I don't struggle to fall asleep when I hear somebody guiding me through those motions of how to settle my body before bed. But I, I, I get distracted by storytelling. Um, so it, you know, it just depends on, you know, what works for you. So don't be afraid to try that out. Um, I think meditation is pretty safe for you to just go ahead and try. I don't think you have to talk to your doctor about that, but if you're feeling anxious about it, Hey, why not talk, talk to your doctor about everything. Um, reading a book is number five. Um, now all of this information that I'm about to share with you is according to web M web MD, excuse me. Um, and there are basically six things that, happen when you start to, uh, read before bed. Um, but I'm just going to share some of them that I think are, you know, relevant to the topic, which is getting better sleep. Um, the first thing is that reading a book before bed will reduce your screen time, give your mind and your eyes a break. Um, and in fact, being on your phone for at least an hour and a half, looking at your screen before bed actually reduces the melatonin, which as you know already, uh, helps to aid you in getting to sleep. So being on your phone before bed actually um, disrupts your, your chances of getting a good night's sleep. So that's the first thing that reading a book does. It helps to reduce that screen time. Uh, the second thing that it does is it reduces your stress up to 68% and is actually more effective in calming you down and, and making your body get tired and relaxed and ready for sleep more effective than a hot cup of tea or listening to music, which I found to be absolutely wild because why the one before this, the point before this is meditation, which sometimes includes music. So I was really fascinated, um, that reading a book before bed actually aids sleep more effectively than listening to music. Um, the third thing is 
if you read while you're lying down, it puts your body into a rested state and helps to take you out of your experience and also will teleport you. Uh, another thing I thought was really cool. Um, another thing, uh, the fourth thing is kind of like, yeah, I'm not sure if that really contributes to the sleep aspect, uh, but it's just a cool fact. But uh, the fifth thing is that uh, reading before bed has long-term effects on your cognition. Um, it helps you to be uh, more creative, um, which I don't know if that really helps sleep either, but who knows? Maybe you'll have more creative dreams. Um, it exposes you to new ways of thinking and new perspectives, and it um, challenges your mental agility. Um, and the last thing that it does is short-term investment. Um, you don't have to read very long before you get tired. Like it, it recommends here that you read at least 20 minutes a night um, to have the benefits of reading and you get to relax without doing too much. Um, it also recommends here uh, from webmd.com that you keep a book near your bed, um, something that you would like to read, something that settles your mind um, something that's not going to be disturbing or upsetting to you <laughs> definitely don't want to read like a horror novel or something of that nature before you go to bed like you don't want you don't want uh, to be worried or concerned as you go into bed the, the the objective here is for you to be feeling as calm and as relaxed as possible and from my own personal experience I can say like I tried this out the other week like I was reading a book in bed and I was laying down and I, you know, I didn't want to do it at first almost, but I just was like caved in. I was like, all right, fine, whatever. I'll read this book. And, you know, I definitely read for more than 20 minutes. You know, it was, um, I was nearing the end of chapter two where I finally had to be like, all right, I need to go to bed because I know myself, I will read this book until I finish it. And then it'll be six in the morning. Um, so yes, that is number five reading a book uh number six is taking a bath or a shower and to make sure that it's warm not hot um i'll go into that a little bit later um basically according to sleepfoundation.org a shower or bath two hours before bed can help you fall asleep faster um before bed the human body temperature naturally cools uh, while the hands and feet temperature actually increase. And what warm water does is it actually stimulates blood flow to the hands and feet, which allows the body heat to escape more quickly. Also, another reason why warm versus heat is recommended, uh, particularly for older adults who may struggle with that increase in uh, blood pressure if they were to use uh, hot water in their bath or in their shower. Uh, also, baths are just dope like I don't take enough baths I will admit like baths can be so luxurious you can read in the bathtub you can like kill two birds with one stone right there and uh the other thing is uh, you can you can decorate it you know your bath time can be as luxurious as your imagination uh will allow like you can have candles around that bee they can be on the ledge they can be floating I recommend the floating ones because at least if they tilt over they'll immediately be put out if you put them on the ledge they might fall on the floor and set your carpet on fire and you don't want those problems 
Um, so yeah, I recommend the floating candles. Definitely put some Epsom salts in there. Um, I've heard people putting like milk in there before. I think that's a little bit weird, but, um, maybe there are health benefits that I'm not sure about yet with the milk, but definitely essential oils. You can put dried flowers in there. Um, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can do. Um, you can put like a bath bomb in there and make it all, all, all pretty and colorful. Um, you can make sure that you have a nice sudsy Hollywood movie looking bath where the bubbles cover all the parts that it's supposed to cover. Um, <laughs> so, um, baths are, baths are amazing. And I recommend the bath not for, for many reasons, not just to help you fall asleep, but just because baths are like candy in adult water time fun. <laughs> Oh, so that's number six. Take a bath or a shower that's warm, uh, at least two hours before bed. Um, you also shouldn't have to talk to your doctor about that. Hopefully you're taking a bath or a shower every day. If you can afford to listen to this podcast, uh, hopefully that means you can also, uh, have access to taking a shower on a regular basis. So that shouldn't be something that you should have to check in with your doctor about. You should be good on that. Um, number seven is lighting. According to healthblog.uofmhealth.org, dim or red lights um, or longer wavelengths help sleep while blue lights or shorter wavelengths actually suppress melatonin. We keep hearing this time and time again. Anything that suppresses melatonin will ultimately disrupt your sleep. Um, I found the red lighting portion to be really interesting because to me, when I think about a room filled with red light, it just seems like a really scary, intense color to have in a room. Just my personal opinion. Um, so I actually, you know, lavender is my favorite color. So I have a lot of like purple lights and stuff in my room. And that probably when I fall asleep to my phone and forget to turn off the lights and forget to put my phone like away from me. That's probably what keeps me up is my phone light glowing by my head and like the, the bluish purple light glowing in my room. Um, so I'm actually going to try red light and just see how that works. And hopefully I don't wake up in the middle of the night and, and become scared that my room is red. Um, uh, either dimming the lights or um, complete absence of light is ideal for the body to get to sleep because it also lowers depression. It sends a signal to the body that it's time for sleep when it's completely dark. Um, and that's according to sleepfoundation.org. Um, other things that you can do to maximize, uh, just the light being out of your room. Even if you turn off the lights, sometimes little cracks of light can get in underneath your door or through your curtains or wherever you might have a skylight in your room. Like I do where it's impossible to cover that. So, get, get, get your bases covered with blackout curtains, uh, roll up a towel and put it, um, under the, uh, put it uh, at the base of your door so that the light doesn't get through. Also invest in an eye mask. It doesn't have to be one of these expensive silk $50 ones. Just get yourself a nice eye mask that fits securely, not too tight, not too loose. Um, and that should help you get to sleep. That's number seven. And the final thing is earplugs. Um, 
I recommend getting earplugs that are noise canceling. Uh, well, one type of them that I recommend is noise canceling earbuds, at least uh, 25 dB. Um, you can also try these wax earplugs uh, that I actually tried for the first time in Denmark. Uh, I can't really pronounce it right now. It's like Kies or I'm not sure. It's Q-U-I-E-S. You can order them off of Amazon. They're really great. They're made of like a combination of wax and cotton and you can like formulate them to fit the inside of your ear. They're, they're really perfect actually. So I highly recommend those. Um, get them in a pack of eight or 24 because you know, after a while, if you keep using them, they get a little bit gross. Um, which leads me to my next point. Um, excessive use of earplugs, like if you use them every night, like I do, it can lead to wax buildup in your ears. So definitely try to minimize that, but just making sure you just clean your ears before you, um, before you, uh, put in your earplugs just to cover that, cover that base. Um, if you are somebody who gets disrupted by sleep and for example, maybe the meditations and stuff don't work for you because you're like, I need total silence. And maybe you, uh, live next to a busy street or your walls are thin and you can hear every door slam, every window open, every step, every breath happening in your household. Um, I recommend earplugs. Earplugs are the jam. A combo, a little one-two combo of earplugs and an eye mask, and you are good to go. So that is my recommendation for you. Uh, let's go through the list again. Let's start from the beginning. So number one is melatonin supplement. Number two is lavender oil capsules and or essential oil. Number three is before bed yoga. Number four is meditation. Number five is reading a book. Number six is taking a bath or a shower that is warm versus hot. Number seven is lighting. And number eight is earplugs. So I hope this list has been helpful to you. Um, definitely let me know how, uh, how you're vibing with it. Let me know, have you tried any of these things before? Do you want to try them? Um, are you excited to go and try after you've heard this list? Just let me know. Do some of these things work? Do some of these things not work? Just let me know, um, what your experience has been. And, um, I want to say also go ahead and hop over to destinationlavender.com. Check out the blog, comment, share. Let me know how you're vibing as well with the posts and the things that I'm writing about which in a way differ from the podcast episodes. I'm trying to like cover all the things that come up. Also, please do support on social media. Destination Lavender is on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook. Definitely show up, support, like, follow, subscribe. Also, if you would like to support this podcast, blog, and anything else that I may be creating, you can hop on over to my Patreon, which is patreon.com slash Guiana. Join one of the tiers and, um, just stand by, look forward to all the content that comes through those, uh, comes through those tiers. Um, I'm definitely got a, a multi grouping of things going on there. And thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out with me. Stay tuned for the next episode. I'll see you soon. This is Destination Lavender.